In this edition of the Mentality Monsters podcast, Fedja and I had the distinct privilege of being joined by Mark England for what turned out to be a fantastic conversation. Mark has been a TEDx speaker, uh, which you'll hear about in the podcast. He's also been a Muay Thai fighter and spent some time in Singapore. And his journey through martial arts led to him discovering the importance and the impact of identity on his own personal satisfaction in his life. And that is ultimately what Mark did the TED Talk on. Uh, now, Mark dealt with some injuries, which led him away from the sport of Muay Thai and put him into a bit of a depression. And in 2019, I familiarized myself with his work and it resonated deeply with me because of how much uh, of a personal journey we shared um, along those same lines with athletics and injuries and um, depression at the time. So knowing that he was from Richmond, Virginia, uh, I was in Richmond, Virginia for a business trip and decided to reach out to him to see if he wanted to meet and have breakfast. Fast forward two years, he's been a fantastic friend and mentor to me. Um, I've taken several of his programs, including one called Core Language Upgrade, which Fedja has also taken as well. And over the course of this conversation with Mark, you will hear him talk about the concepts that make Core Language Upgrade so valuable. The three pillars of architect language in Core Language Upgrade are reflections, solid talk, and affirmations. The three pillars of conflict language are projections, negations, and soft talk. And Mark talks a lot about soft talk in this coming episode and gives the audience really a lot of practical takeaways that they can apply in their own life. Without further ado, enjoy our conversation with Mark England. I can't stop. Welcome to the latest edition of the Mentality Monsters podcast. Today, we welcome Mark England to the show. Mark is a TEDx alumni, co-founder, and lead facilitator of the Lifted Coaching Certification, a world-class public speaker, and a man who has assisted thousands in reducing stress and anxiety in their life. Also, a man with a background in Muay Thai, and lastly, he is a Great friend, colleague, and mentor of mine personally. Mark, welcome to the show. Thank you, Kyle. Thanks for having me on, fellas. Yeah, I deliberately uh, omitted the part about you being from uh, Richmond, Virginia, because I didn't think that was a befitting part of the description. I don't like Richmond, Virginia. It depends on what, what part you go to. It depends on what part you go to, Kyle. What part What part of Richmond, what part of Virginia. I'll, I'll give you a pass you know, there's a there's a, there's a nice lake up in the mountains. I know you know that. I, I do know that, and uh, this lake has served to uh, to change my mind on Virginia uh, quite a bit. I'm convinced there's that even though you have Wi-Fi at the house, that you don't really have it because you feel different when you're in there. I know, I know. It's not. It ain't big city internet. But uh, it does right. get the job done. This is my second podcast for the day, and I've been on some other calls and stuff. So, um, you know, 
we'll uh it's it's held together by some some string and a and a um you know and an old fan belt that we found at the junkyard but uh you know we'll we'll, we'll we'll get the job done i'm i'm convinced now that was the uh the county in Virginia that that movie is based on, where they ran all the lawless, uh, lawless, fantastic film, fantastic film. I oh. agree. So lawless is the story of of the Bondurant boys, and uh, they were some of the most famous moonshiners back in the heyday. And Franklin County is the number one moonshining county in the number one moonshining area of the, the country and that's the county that we're in franklin county so it comes as uh, you know as i say that i, I, I I'm, I'm cheersing y'all with a porter befitting black butte black butte porter yeah very nice nice and smooth um yeah the lake house has uh, has served a, a, a purpose for a, a lot of people you know it's been in lifted hq for the whole time since 2015, you know, we shot that course there and we've had a number of get togethers and, and five big ass three day weekend parties for all the coaches. So it's, I was thinking about this the other day. It's really helped. I know we're off on a tangent, whatever it's, it's really helped, uh, co- co- uh, um, not coalesce, but, um, uh, forge. There's a word I can also use forge the, the, a lot of friendships in the community that'll last forever. You know, you know, there's a lot of virtual going on. There's nothing like FaceTime though. Get together with friends and just, yeah, it's done, it's done a lot for the, 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 the community as much as it has the business. I wholeheartedly agree with you, man. Yeah. Uh, as it is befitting that you're drinking a porterhouse, it's also befitting that you're on this show as a uh, mentality monsters is a show founded by uh, two individuals, Fedja and myself. Uh, who are sports junkies and also mm. happen to enjoy personal development. Mm. Now, when I say sports junkies, I, I did watch some some Division Three slam ball when it was the only thing on ESPN two when the pandemic hit. Really? All the, slam ball? Yeah, those things they play on college campuses where they they like whack the the ball into the thing that bounces, and then the next person has to try to get it in the center hole. It's like what every frat guy at, in Central Park plays right. to try to pick up girls. Yes. Okay. Okay. Uh, you know, it's good to have some game. It's good to have game. <laughs> so what we what we do here uh, on this podcast is examine sports, through coaches, teams, athletes, even individual games for clues as to how we can live more satisfied and stress free lives. Uh, clues how to drive our own success um, and how to do so in a way that, you know, we enjoy who we are in the process and how we go about achieving that success. So central to all that we believe and, and something that we have talked about on prior shows is the topic of identity. Mm. And this is something that uh, I know you're intimately familiar with as it was the topic of your TED talk and also your day-to-day business. It's very true. Where where would you like me to begin, Kyle and Fetcher? Can, can you explain to the audience in as simple a terminology as possible how you, Mark, uh, define identity? Happily. We'll start with the current 
Webster's definition. The current Webster's definition of identity is the fact of being who or what a person is. Okay, interesting. Um, it's good to know that. It's a good starting point of reference. Uh, to make that a whole lot sim more simple and more practical, first let's call it for what it is. It's a story. Our identity is a story. It is an ongoing, fluid, flexible, and it's, it's a story and it's a process. It is an ongoing, fluid, flexible process that we participate in. A lot of people think of their identity. If you look at the definition, the, the, the fact of being who or what I am, there's really not much factual about the story that I tell myself, really, you know, especially my belief systems about my self-worth. Okay, for better and for worse. I'm not, you've heard me say this before, Kyle. I'm not going to find, uh, I'm not good enough on the periodic table of elements. That is an opinion. Okay. And to the degree that I believe it, it's a very powerful force in, in my life. Okay. So the most people's education about their language, and this is what we've built a business and a community on, is, uh, uh, most people's education comes down to spelling, grammar, and definitions. There's more to it than that. There's a whole conversation about how our language influences us for better and for worse, our imagination, our feelings, our physiology, and absolutely how we breathe. And the another way to describe your our identity is the story that we tell ourselves about ourselves. You know, the 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 thoughts, the voice in our head, the 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 language that we use internally and externally, it all adds up and we hit the outcome button. And then this is, it's, it's wherever we find ourselves and how we find ourselves, how we find ourselves and define ourselves. So, uh, uh, yeah, the, the identity is, if you get that thing working for you, you can, you can talk yourself into some, some very magical, places and spaces and, and, and really you know, choose your own level of, uh, uh, of, of play with your life. You know, I know that I've talked myself into a, a place where I thought I was doomed to fail and I didn't laugh for an entire year. And the story just got locked into place and it played over and over and over again. How about how I hope I can drop an F-bomb on here. Cause I'm going to about how I fucked yeah. up a golden opportunity when I moved to Thailand and wrecked my knee for the second time and then my fight career is all over, you know, and, the, and then, and, you know, the next thought was, well, it wasn't going to work out for you anyway. You know, something wrong with you. And that plays in the background that absolutely influences the foreground. Like I, when I say I didn't laugh for an entire year, I mean, I didn't laugh for an entire year. And I, I, I doubt I, I, I cracked an authentic smile because my, my victim mentality was so entrenched. It was, I was in a space. I was, I was, it was, yeah, it's weird and painful. <laughs> Just read this uh, very recently in Jordan Peterson's 12 rules for life. He says mm -hmm. that a, a fact is dead. It has no life, but ideas, even feelings, those arrive before us and will live beyond us. Right. And, and so the identity similarly has life in the Mark England definition. It's we, we breathe life into it. The story, this we're, we're storytelling machines. We're built to create stories. It's very natural. 
And just like anything, it's a skill. You know, I was talking to, uh, I was talking to somebody earlier and, and one of my family members, a lot, most people don't have any courses. So I'm uh, fine. I, 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 I've got a degree in education. I was brought up in the public school system. I can take a dump on it. Right. <laughs> uh, a lot of people have zero to no training on how to tell good stories. Okay. Public speaking, it's, it helps. And there's, there's, there's an art and a science to making yourself enjoyable for other people to listen to. And I had the pleasure Okay, of meeting up until this point in time, I'm 45 years old, the most high level transcriptor that I've come across, family member, uh, this over this Thanksgiving weekend. Y'all know what a trans- transcriptor is? It's when they tell you every goddamn banal detail and it just goes over here and it goes, it's just, so it, it's like this. You know, I, 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 my alarm went off today at 8. 820 and I thought about sleeping in but then I realized that you know I, I didn't really feel like it and I looked over and there were my slippers that I had on the side of the bed and I, I got those slippers from Walmart I and, and I got them because I, you know my uncle gave me a gift card who's who my uncle's in the, the the navy and he used to fly planes but um he always said he wanted to fly helicopters but I've just never really been much of a helicopter I haven't been in that many planes but you know helicopters are kind of weird I don't understand the centrifugal force that they create but but anyway you know I got up and uh uh, you know, I got on my slippers and I, th- I, th- I thought I might want to just read before I, you know, get into the day. But, I, you know, I uh, instead I went on a walk and there was this house that it really nice siding and it reminded me of the and it just you know what I'm talking about. You know, my, my grandfather is notorious for this. Like we, we, we were literally talking about the the weather. We, we family, we all laugh about it. We're, we were talking about the, the climate of New Jersey. And he will re- rewind. He'll be like, "So in 1980, I pulled a cat out of a tree." And you're like, how? "He's going to relate this." And how far away are we from it getting connected? <laughs> He's going to make it happen. He's going to connect those two dots. And how how much distance is in there? The best transcriptors don't connect the dots, though. So I stood at I I I I, I cooked a meal over Thanksgiving at the farm. And my back was to this person. They, I, we were the only people in the kitchen. They talked at my back. I, I did not look at them. I did not participate in the conversation. For 20 minutes, they just went on and on and on. I didn't say one word. Now, let's bring this back to the conversation about identity. Most people tell boring-ass stories, all right, which in my, in my worldview is an absolute sin. You want to learn to tell fantastic stories. You want to be a person people enjoy listening to. Okay. Uh, and and also, what about the story you tell yourself? Tell yourself a fucking awesome story about yourself. Okay. Go into the parts of it that suck, that sting, that have been bothering you for God knows how long. And you can clean those things out. Just like cleaning out a house. And you can also compile a body of evidence about the times this in, in, in lifted, we call it celebrating the wins, where you you present yourself with evidence that oh wait actually I did some really cool shit right there, and uh, you know some people have really been there for me and wow I I've got now that I'm thinking about it I've got some really great friends and then you 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 you, you build this mechanism this skill set of telling better and better stories for yourself to yourself about yourself and the world you live in and great things happen when that happens. 
great things happen when that happens. You build up your your feelings and you build up your self confidence. Build up your imagine your self image. Talk yourself into into interesting opportunities. And that woman, I mean, it's she's come a long way because I've known her a while and just a really nice person. Just she's never had had any training. And we believe in training. We believe in training the story, just like training the body. Yeah. If you practice anything, you will get good at it. Including oh, hell yeah. Telling shitty stories. It's one horrible. Of the, it's a sin. One of the reasons I love this concept so much is because it's it's an ancient, ancient concept. So, <laughs> And it's something that it, there's this principle called the Lindy principle, which is that you know, if an idea or a book or something has survived for 2000 years, you you can expect it to survive for that same amount of time into the future. So like the Bible will be around at least 2000 years into the future. And you see these ideas like, like storytelling being a, a fundamental human aspect of humanity, uh, get packaged and repackaged over time to be f- appropriate for the period in which those concepts are being told. So like, if you go back and you look at Greek philosophers, if you look at whoever, they're all saying very similar things, but just in a way that's appropriate for that period of time. And when you're, when you're talking about, I read a book uh, a couple of summers ago called As a Man Thinketh, mm. which the concept of the book is that the thoughts you have in your mind are, are eventually what become who you are to the world. And that book was written a hundred years ago. So again, like these ideas are, are, presented over and over. I think the thing that you said that was that was fascinating to me is that uh, we almost we naturally want to be great storytellers and have this great presence facing out because we get validation when we face it out. We you know when we're at a party and we tell a good joke or we tell a great story and everyone is paying attention to us and we're the star of the show, we rarely ever face it in because that's difficult and there's no audience. And it reveals a lot about ourselves that we might not want to confront, but the benefits of it are tremendous. And having an understanding of who you are by doing that and telling that great story to yourself is a vehicle that accelerates your ability to achieve whatever it is you want to achieve or do whatever it is you want. It could be like a simple thing or like getting out of bed in the morning or getting that promotion or whatever it ends up being. 100%. And Mark, you mentioned your career in Muay Thai, which, you know, in keeping with the thread of, of mentality monsters and looking at sport, it's, it's interesting that sport guided you down a path of exploring your own identity. Would you be able to go into some more detail about that specific journey? Oh, sure. Um, you know, that, that uh, I've fallen in love on site twice. Once was the first time I got choked in a jujitsu class. I was a high school wrestler. Fine. I pin you, you pin me pretty cool. Submitting someone on the other hand, for me, that was a completely different conversation. The first jujitsu class, I was hooked, fell in love. Okay. The second time was when I went to an emotional detoxification seminar. So I'd finally gotten sick of myself of not smiling and laughing. And then, uh, fine, I went in search of things. Um, and, and I went to an emotional detoxification seminar one fateful night in 2003 on an island in the Gulf of Thailand called Koh Samui. And I watched this, 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 this gentleman 
Barry Musgrave, who was my first mentor in this work, walked this woman through a very bad breakup story. And he got to the, 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 the linchpin, which was one sentence. He did that to me. He did that to me. Third time's a charm. He did that to me. Finally, he said that last word, take out me and put in himself. And she said it like a question. He did that to himself? And then she started talking herself into it. He, he, he did do that to himself. And then what was in focus was him cheating on her with her best friend one night and then dumping her the next night down at the beach, beach week. Everybody say, ouch, on three. It was a humiliating. It was about her and her self-worth. And that came out of focus. And then the, the, you know, he caught a lot of shit for that too. Like he lost friends. His social his social credit score back then took a hit. And she goes, yeah, he, he actually did do that to himself. And her whole story about being a victim of this and it being personal got turned on its head. And I said, that's not my story, but that's my story. And since then, I've been involved with this. I, uh, I turned pro as a, excuse me, not pro. I, I turned 15 years old as a coach. Um, January 17th, 2022. I've been doing this a while, full-time, like somewhere between full-time and overtime, almost obsessively. Take out the almost. And you, you've, you've, you've been behind the scenes, Kyle. And I have. Yeah. And, um, and so uh, those, these two things, attraction's not a choice. I wake up so fucking grateful that I cross paths with this work because uh, I was a horrible student in high school. I can tell you some stories. When I mean horrible, I mean extremely disruptive, and I got in a lot of trouble, and um, uh, took me a little little longer to get out of the the, the, the the school system than most people would just say like that. And that was because I was bored out of my fucking mind. None of that stuff was interesting to me. None of that stuff was interesting to me. Kung fu fighting, wonderful. And story work, wonderful. Those two things have held my attention. I don't, I don't train jujitsu anymore. Uh, negation acknowledged. I follow the hell out of it. Watch all the fights. I can talk decently well about it. Uh, I had fights. I got fond memories of it. Did a lot for me. And then I'm involved in this. You know, this is my second podcast for the day. Uh, I've been on three, two sales calls, one two-hour team meeting. And I've just got an, uh, I've got an unreasonable or an almost indescribable gas in the tank for this stuff because it fascinates me. And I meet, I get to meet cool people through it too. You know, I was talking to, uh, you'll, you'll, you'll recognize this name. Um, I talked to Ben Bergeron's, uh, business partner for an, an hour and a half today, Kyle. Uh, are you yeah. familiar with them? With him? Ben, no. Really? Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, he's, top five CrossFit coach. In, okay. And so he, yeah. um, chasing excellence is their podcast. We're going to go on the show. Great. Go get to mo- meet a bunch of other cool people. Um, you guys got several hundred thousand. Anyway, cool shit. And I get to do this. I get to be a part of this. Um, and I just yeah, love cross- to look on people's faces. You know, when you change some words and you watch their face change and you watch the breath unlock, we can keep talking about storytelling. 
because you, 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 if you want to, if you want to master storytelling, folks, you have to master your breathing. Yeah, I'm fascinated by the connection between sport and the and the discovery or the excavation of the inner narrative, uh, because athletes are optimizers. You yes. you want to continue to train in ways that better yourself and eventually there becomes a disproportionate investment in how much that's going into the body and how much that's going into your, your narrative. So you, you corner yourself eventually. Well said, you know, whether that is through injury as it was for yourself, which I'll attach your Ted talk in the description here. Anyone who's listening to this, please watch that Ted talk on the fluidity of identity you will run into that conversation with yourself, uh, even outside the realm of athletics. You know, I think physical pain is a phenomenal teacher. Enough pain in your job or in your relationship will also have a similar function. It will corner you into, you know, what Mark referenced, facing your inner narrative and, and coming to terms with the victim mentality story you tell yourself. 100%. And, and therein lies so much opportunity, folks. Uh, uh, and Fedja mentioned it earlier. Yes, it's it's it, it's somewhere between uncomfortable and extremely uncomfortable, depending on how much freedom you want to create for yourself from the story. And it's also some of the the most valuable work you'll ever do, because I guarantee y'all, everybody listen to this, y'all got some stories that every time you think about them, you pucker up. Okay. It just puts you into that stress response. You don't like the way it feels or it sent, takes you back into a dark time. Those are, those are as much opportunities as they are stumbling blocks. And you can absolutely do something about that. And it's totally not rocket science. Half, half of the, half of the battle, half the process folks is picking up the pen and getting these stories written down on paper. Most people don't write down shit. They're underwritten. And I'm not talking about insurance. Okay. They don't write down the stinger stories, and I understand why. Why would they without the know-how and no-to? And, and we, they also don't write down the wins. On a, I want to reinforce or, or shore up that statement that I made about breathing and storytelling. So most people, the way they're using their language and their language is using them, they're keeping themselves trapped in a stressed state. When that happens, the breathing gets trapped in the chest. Okay, you want the, if you want to enjoy your life even more, unlock your breathing. We're known as the language people. Gun to head, it's about the breath. All right. So we use language in different ways, better ways. We tell stories in different, better ways. So our breathing unlocks from our chest and descends back down into the abdomen, where it's supposed it's supposed to reside. You want to master any sport? Like, let's just talk about MMA because I can talk about that. The best fighters are comfortable in the heat of the kitchen. Okay. How are, what, so, and, and what yeah. does that mean? That means they're breathing well. Okay. That means they've conditioned their body and their mind to be able to relax into pressure. And um, it's the same thing. This is this, you know, this very well, Kyle, the same thing with sales. If you want to sound like a fucking amateur, get up in front of somebody or a group of people and pitch and keep your breath trapped in your chest and you're just a little, you're, you're tight and it, it, you, people will hear that. You want to be a pro, breathe from your abdomen and deliver 
your pitch from there. Watch what happens. You'll sound different. You'll feel different and people will relax and then they'll be able to consider, you know, the, the qualities of whatever it is that you're selling. Same thing with storytelling. So I went to, I was, I would have gone again the past two years, but, uh, you know, lockdowns, uh, the international storytellers convention in Jones, Jonesboro, Tennessee. Very interesting. Uh, so I went with one of my friends and I was like, dude, I got a hypothesis and I told him what it was. And, uh, so we went and my, my, my suspicions were proved true. So we're, we're talking 30,000 people, you know, five, 6,000 person tents. And the, they got the best storytellers that money could buy. And all of them were simple. They were simple, smooth, and rhythmic storytellers. Because guess what, folks? If you get good at your storytelling, as in the story you tell yourself – stories you tell other people, if you're good at it, they're going to be simple stories. They're going to be easy to follow along with, and you're going to have rhythm, and you're going to have uh, uh, clarity. You're going to have punch, and you're also going to master those pauses. You need to master the breath to master the pauses. And I speak from personal opinion. I've gotten better at storytelling. over the- It's so much fucking fun to get on stage and tell great stories and just have everybody right there. Go watch the TED Talk. I did it. This is on stage. Yeah. 1,800 people live streamed to 155,000 people recorded on the internet forever. No pressure. But you practice. You train. And you'll surprise yourself. I go on rants. You know this, Kyle. Fed you. I go on yeah. rants, buddy. I go on rants and tangents. It's just. It's all germane, you know, because when you distill what you're talking about, Back to an individual person. It's the story they're telling themselves inside their head, right? And you said you became well-practiced at storytelling so that when you went on stage, you executed well. Imagine the, the, the person that's telling themselves a shit story about themselves. When that gets put under pressure, what happens then? Crackage. Right. And Crackage. Did, you know, and in keeping with the theme too about athletics, it's so it's interesting that you know you are headed on to yet another CrossFit podcast because that is a breeding ground for people to try to work off their stories with a kettlebell or a barbell, and it simply will not happen. They, whatever their belief is, they go in there. Whatever their belief about themselves, I should say, is. They go into an environment in a CrossFit gym with, you know, this story running through their head. They get a little endorphins in their veins from the workout, and they think it's all better when all they're really doing is repping that belief while they're there in the gym. That's why I hurt myself because I was fueling my my insane workouts, as people like to call them. With, with tremendous amounts of shit talk. You know, people I had to prove wrong. All right. Um, uh, uh, people that I, I had issues with in the past, or they wouldn't fuck with me now. You just keep kicking the bag and like you work out. I was working out when I shouldn't have. I went over there t- 10 days after a, a f- my last MMA fight and I kept training with a jacked up knee and then it got worse and then it got really worse. And then I'm fucked over there. I fucked myself. Like that was, that was so hard for me to come to terms with and also so liberating. Oh, wait a minute. Nobody made me practice that hard. 
Okay. No, nobody made me go train when I should have stayed home and rested. Okay. There was off switch. The only time I had an off day, a day off was when I was too hungover to train. Okay. And even then I would dump some rip fuel and wash it down with some ultimate orange. So you old, old school people, Kyle knows what that is. And hundred percent, hundred percent. And then, then go you know, sweat it all out and be the grumpiest motherfucker. I would be so grumpy after that, but didn't matter because I was a tough guy. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, I, uh, and my breath was trapped in my chest the whole time. Okay. Under that, like, like MMA in the early, late nineties, like that training style, there was nothing smart about it at all. It's here, take some pre-workout and go fight. Yeah. Course, dude. And, and course, explode, which is. <laughs> yep. Yep. Twin, twin force, twin, twin fuel. Yeah, a couple couple scoops of that, and you're 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 pissing napalm, pissing and, napalm, and uh, yeah, I mean, it, of of course, of course, all that happened. Um, and you know the 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 tying it back to breath and fitness and, and language. This is the the art. One of the main reasons that we're on all of us are on this podcast right now is because I reached out to five people in 2016 and said, who's got the best podcast in CrossFit. And they all came back and said, shrug barbell shrug. One of them said, Oh, by the way, Mike Bledsoe is aware of your work. Would you like an introduction? You're damn right. I like an introduction. And I did that because we'd spent the 10 years previous prior to that, uh, doing a lot of work in the yoga world. And demonstrating yeah. every single time that we get in front of people, there's a direct correlation between your language, internal dialogue, external dialogue, thoughts, speech, writing, and how well you breathe. And if you make some seemingly minor adjustments, I'm going to everybody when we get to the end of the podcast with one thing to do. It's the thing that I, this is my 270th podcast tonight. It's the thing that I always tell people to do. It's one thing, only one thing, and you're going to have an experience. You make some seemingly minor adjustments in your everyday, ordinary language choice because it's totally a choice when you build the awareness. You're you're going to get an immediate return on your investment, and a lot of cool stuff is going to happen downstream. None of this stuff is rocket science. You've heard me say that how many times, Kyle? It's not rocket science. It's just we've very rarely have people had this conversation explained to them simply and practically as in they have tools that they can practice. Then you can practice thinking in a certain way. You can practice speaking in a certain way. You can practice writing in a certain way. And guess what that does? That makes mindset practical without the words you here, use less of these words. Here's why use more of these words and why then mindset is this big picture thing that I know I need to get better at, but how, and then there's really, that really confident person over there that looks fun. And I'm over here. Whoops. Would have been nice. Uh, I recall sitting in a, a coffee shop in Washington, DC precisely 24 months ago now, hard to believe 2019 when I was first privy to your content on identity and particularly as it related to, the self-talk in a workout or a training session, as we referenced. And, and more than anything, it helped me identify statements like, identify statements such as, I always do that when I get hurt, right? I would say that to myself, I always do that. Well, what is that, right? That is, to quote Adam Chin, a euphemism. It's a generalization of a much more deep and even scary, to a degree, 
uh, belief that I held about myself. And from that time where I was able to examine those stories and examine identity for myself, I set out to examine the piece of torn social fabric that I inherited, which helped me, me helped guide me into that thinking and take what I did was take responsibility for repairing that fabric to whatever degree I, I can for whoever comes next. And this wasn't just something I thought I could do. It's something I deeply believed was responsibility. That's how important this conversation is to me. You know, the, the con conversation around identity. It's arguably the conversation to have or explore in personal and professional development. Because, you know, no one is telling our story for us in one sense. Who's, re who's responsible for the words that I attach to and believe to be true and then enact out in my life? You know, it'd be some, it'd be kind of somewhat convenient to <laughs> have someone else be doing that. But, uh, and like I said, this is not easy work, folks. It's the best of news and it's the worst of news. Sweet. I'm creating my own story. Fuck. I'm creating my own story. Cause there's the stuff, you, there's some stuff in there that's not fun to take responsibility for. And it's a lot easier to do when you know there's a game to be played. There's a, it's, it's, we've gamified this conversation, demystified it and gamified it. Also known as making it simple. So can you identify one habit or one pr daily practice for those looking to develop an identity that works in their favor that stands out? One yep. habit that has the highest ROI. Yep. I've got two. First things first, slow down your rate of speech. Slow down your rate of speech by about 15 to 20% of your normal rate of speech. Not that you're going to keep it there. And you want to, when that happens, when someone slows down their rate of speech, the breath descends a little bit. Okay, so you're going to breathe better. You're also going to give yourself extra, very valuable, extra mental real estate to start connecting dots between what you're thinking and you're saying and you're writing and how those words influence you for better and for worse. So slowing down your rate of speech, it increases your awareness about your words. Oh, and all, and a po another positive side note, when you speak a little bit slower in conversations, you're going to be a much better listener and you're going to be able, it's going to be a lot easier for you to find a good rhythm with the person that you're talking to. Because not everybody has the same conversation styles, okay? You want to be adaptable in, in, in conversation to where you're having, well, dialogues instead of monologues. Um, and so that will give you that extra awareness to pay attention to your, your words and your stories. Um, and, and, and all you need is one experience one good experience of, you know, slowing down your rate of speech in a, in a tough conversation with your boyfriend or your girlfriend or your wife or your husband or your, your father or your mother and where it would have gone in a certain direction, like it always has or frequently has, you take it in a different direction, a better direction and you get a better outcome. And you're like, shit, that actually happened. 
So that's the macro thing to do. Slow down your rate of speech. The 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 micro is is to take out 50% of your soft talk over the next six months, which will double your confidence. People are like, what the hell is that? Kyle knows what that is. So there's some words, folks, that are creating and maintaining a, a lot of the indecision and anxiety around that indecision, those, those decisions that need to be made uh, uh, in your life. And, and uh, uh, Mal, Mal, Malmodius, he said, I prefer the fear of making the wrong, wrong decision instead of the terror of indecision. Words like guess, think, maybe, might, sort of, kind of, seems, possibly, probably, try, almost like. They keep things that you need to sit or own, similar to almost the same thing, just right out of reach. So I guess I should be more patient with my girlfriend. We'll take out the guess, see what happens. No, you're right. I should. I totally should. That's what happens a lot when you start taking this stuff out. It's, it's almost like I'm drinking too much coffee. Take out the almost like. <laughs> uh, I, 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 I think I should get back into the gym more regularly. Okay. Cause when, we, when when we're still you know, soft talking around the thing, we don't have to make we don't have to own it. And when we own it, what's scary is we have to make a decision and we have to change. We have to make some kind of behavioral change. But if I can soft talk around it and just keep it right out of reach, you know, it's it's almost like I'm procrastinating about the project. Take out the almost like fuck. I'm procrastinating. Now what? Am I gonna keep procrastinating or am I gonna engage? And what that will do, that will also give you an experience of making – and soft talk is the easiest thing to do because you just pluck it out of your language. You, you, you will have an experience, and the easiest thing to do with it is with texts and emails because you get that lag time. If you're about to send a message, you know, I, I'll, I think I'll be – I guess I'll be able to make it on time, honey, and you take out the guess. I'll be there. I'll be there at 730. You become more solid in your speech. You will feel different. You'll sound different, and you'll get yourself. You'll 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 absolutely. If you cut your soft talk, and I guarantee you, folks, these words are in your language. I've been doing this long enough. If you cut your soft talk by fifty percent, your confidence will will you'll double your confidence. You can do that in six months, and it's free. It's just free. You just write the it's you just pay attention to words and. and Rewind this podcast five minutes. Get your pen. Write down those words. Take out the piece of paper. Stick it up on your wall. It's called the Soft Talk Challenge. Leave it there for a week. That's enough. And and keep and watch what happens. You'll be like, that redneck was serious. Yeah, I'm very serious about this. I'm serious. I'm sincere. And I promise you, it will deliver. And once again, it's free. You can do that yourself. Like now, take out the like. <laughs> There was a uh, show, The Queen's Gambit, on Netflix. Towards the end, the main character, she's talking with one of her training partners. This guy's name was Benny. And she wouldn't commit to 
training with him or, or going to, to Russia for this tournament. And she said, maybe. And he's on the phone with her. He yells into the phone. Maybe is a loser's word. And he hangs up on her. <laughs> yes. You know, we the, the, people need to hear this and they need to hear how, let me say it this way. We need to put on the table what's at stake here. Because there's something that's at stake here. And it's the quality of your life. I took a training in 2010 in Australia. I went and lived down in a lived in a, a van in their winter, which is our summer, which was very strange, by the way. So it's July. It's cold as a motherfucker down there. And um, I went and I, I did four certifications with this person. And, and one of the main things I got is he just he stopped the whole thing. And I doubt this was in the curriculum. And he just looked at us and he goes, y'all are acting like you're not going to die. What? He goes, your ass is grass. You're not making it out of here. No one is. You're going to die and you're pretending like you're not. And I thought to myself, that motherfucker just plucked me in the nose. And most people are walking around thinking that same thing. So you want to use your language to take some risks, man. Bet on yourself. Talk yourself into some cool shit. Go out there and and, and fuck things up and learn and, and get some stuff right and 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 live, man. You know, most people's language, it tricks them into being an innocent bystander in their life, being a spectator in the stands or watching other people go out there. I'd rather get trampled in the stadium than be a spectator in the stands. But 100%. And my language is directly involved in that. And I've got a black belt in talking myself into opportunity. You know, whether I deserve to be there or not, I don't give a shit. If I can get myself in the room, I'm getting up on stage and I'm going to pitch. I'm going to take a shot. I'm going to swing. And there's nothing special about me. It's just, I, I know what's at stake here. One of the, one of the things that was always interesting to me as I was learning about this concept of inner narrative and how we speak to ourselves is it's always spoken about in kind of an abstract way. Mm. Take out, take out the kind of. It, it is always spoken about it in an abstract way, and it's hard. If I put myself in the shoes of someone who isn't familiar with these concepts and is just beginning to learn about them, let's say they're listening to this podcast or some other medium and becoming aware, it's hard to find that guiding light in the distance that helps you understand and build a little bit of momentum as you start to mold your inner narrative into something that's more positive and, and beneficial for you. If, if I'm someone that's starting out, is there, what's the best way to get started? Let's say I'm on my own. I'm trying to figure this stuff out. What, what's the best way to, to take those first initial steps towards really figuring this out for myself? I'm a big fan of the power of repetition. There's a reason that I'm going to, that I'm, I'm talking about this twice in a very valuable hour with you all and uh, with, with your audience. Everybody get your pen, get a pen and get a piece of paper. I'm going to rattle off the soft talk keywords again, because if you take them out, 
if you take some of them out, you're going to have a good experience. And that's all you need to start to pay attention to more and more of your your the language that you're using. Get a pen, and we'll do this in the traditional soft talk. Uh, uh, ch- this is called the soft talk challenge. I want you to write these words five times larger than you normally write. What that's going to do, it's going to engage your reticular activating system. It's going to go, hey, why am I writing these words five times larger? It doesn't matter, dummy. Just pay attention to them. Not that the reticular activating system says that. It just it would be funny if that was a conversation. Look up the I, I can talk about the reticular activating system after this, this. This so soft talk challenge. Write this word five times larger than you normally write. Like maybe kinda sorta think. Probably, perhaps, guess, hopefully, almost like. Rip it out, put it up on the wall, tape it up on the wall for seven days, leave it up there. And if you want to make me even happier, take a picture of it, tag me on Instagram, Mark England 2057. I love that shit. So that is. That's my best piece of advice for a variety of reasons. One, it's super simple and it's fast and everybody can do it. You don't have to go out and buy a book. Okay. Just write those words, stick them up, watch what happens. I love that concept a lot because confidence is the accumulation of our past actions. Mm -hmm. And so when you communicate in that way, you project confidence out into the world because your communication becomes more direct. It becomes, you use the term solid, which I, which is a great contrast over the soft talk term you used earlier. When you project in that way, people will start treating you as if you're a more confident person. Your own mind will, the, the little lizard brain in the, <laughs> in the back of our mind is gonna recognize that. And then that's gonna create that flywheel that makes you into a more confident individual. This. Uh, Mark, I have to be honest. I took your, I took your, uh, uh, the class on this topic and it destroyed me because I joined a new company and everyone at the company uses kinda as a filler instead of using the term like, and the effect it has is that it softens everything everyone says, and it creates ambiguity in everything everyone says. And so we're trying to make plans as a team and people are throwing in these terms like kinda and probably, and I have no understanding of what's going to happen and what's not. And when I, when I started, (laughs) when I started at the company, I got complimented a lot on my, on my communication because I was direct and confident and all I did was eliminate those words and I had used them in the past. So what you're talking about, I can attest to the fact that it works and that it does create this positive effect where the confidence you project out into the world is bounced right back to you. And that helps your inner narrative that we've been talking about for the past 40 minutes, get stronger and more capable of driving further success uh, and further projection of confidence out. So. I love that. I love that bit of advice. It is a really simple thing to do. And the beauty of it is the last thing I'll say. 
the beauty of it is that once your subconscious and your conscious become aware of it, it starts to plague you. It's, it's everywhere and you notice it in everyone around you and it, and it makes it easier for you to make that adjustment and use that to your advantage. I love it yeah. when, when the hosts say, say what I'm using, listen to what he said. It is, that shit is everywhere and it is, it wrecks people and it's death by a thousand cuts. Death, but people are softening, trying to be more, you know, um, uh, less less intimidating, or uh, you know, just more 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 kind, more um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, Agreeable, like thank social you. points. Yeah. It's yeah, and and guess what? Happened? Like if 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 that gets into the culture, Peter Drucker said, "Culture eats strategy for breakfast." Once, and guess what drives culture? Bar, large part of it is language that gets into the culture, and then. And guess what? I would imagine that you're there are other people. I'll say this in the affirmative. There are other people that are cure are wondering what's going to happen and when on the team as well. And everybody's kind of in sorting and 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 when you get more streamlined and clear with your communication skills. People talk about communication skills. You mean storytelling? You're telling people stories all day long. And you do it in a way like a lot of a lot of women are like, oh, I, I don't I don't want to come across as a bitch. Fine. Fair enough. Or guys are like, I don't want to come across as a dick. Great. That's what you don't want. What do you want? That's another conversation, though. When you breathe well and you deliver solidly. Low and slow breath with solid speech. You are comfortable with what you're saying. And when you're comfortable with what you're saying, other people are going to be more comfortable with what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, speaking of stories, here's a real quick one to, to sum up how this can, how the impact of this shows itself. I ran a training around these concepts at a company and a weekend, we asked the group for examples and feedback on where this had shown up for them. And a girl came on and said, her family was planning Easter dinner and none of them could decide where it was going to be, what they were going to have. And she stepped in knifing through all the maybes and possibilities and said, this is what we're doing. And here's how it's going to happen. And by doing so, she went from an indecisive person from an indecisive family to a confident person who is a problem solver and knows how to do this. And when she delivered that information the very first time a week in, there was a bit of, uh, Mark, you referenced this earlier, a bit of up talk. Like she was surprised to a degree that she could do this. And so if you put this into practice, you will notice that it is different for you. It, it's like when you run on the treadmill and you haven't run in three years, like your legs will feel like jello mentally. We're like, I can make a, a huge difference here it's kind of weird it's different and then you just get used to it and i bet everybody in her family went oh thank god thank god somebody made a decision yeah. that's some of my least favorite conversation is well you know maybe we could do this but what if we did that and i, I don't know what if we, I, I i guess we could possibly go over here and then you know nobody likes that Okay. No one likes that. 
no one, no one, nor, no, no one I want to know likes that. Yeah, and, and the this practice, paying attention to this and executing on it, has no downside. Even if everyone else is doing it, then just gives you the roadmap to how to cut through to a solution in the conversation. How to be the one that is consistently solving problems amongst a a, a gaggle of uncertain people. I like that. A gaggle of uncertain people. And let's just get clear about something real quick, folks. Fedja and I could have interviewed Kyle about this same topic. Okay. He's one of our level three coaches. He was the first, he was in the first group of, of enlisted level three coaches. He's run two uh, good size uh, instructor led group core language upgrade trainings. That's no joke. He's coached with this stuff for, for a, a while and, and knows the game back to front. So, you know, like I said, well, I, just, I said it. We could have interviewed him about this. I'm honored you mentioned that. Uh, it's had a big impact on me. Um, and like I said earlier, when I noticed the impact of my inner narrative and how it was uh, informing me of how to go about my my activities from a, a workout and physical endeavor standpoint, I noticed how how devastating the voice was and it, it put me on this path. And and so the simplest and most effective tool I came across in healing myself, improving my life and reducing stress was core language upgrade, uh, reduction of soft talk, reduction of negations and, and projections, which as Mark alluded to is a bit of a different conversation uh, for the latter two. And eventually your identity, you know, does change. And we use, we've thrown around stress and and breath, uh, stress response quite a bit in this conversation. Ask yourself if you're listening to this, how many things in the day today have you been shown that could possibly reduce your stress outside of this? I'm betting fucking zero. Everything is designed to get it to go up. So you've got nothing, negation acknowledged, nothing to lose and everything to gain uh, by trying this. Did we mention that it's free too? It's free and it's easy. Like riddle me that Batman. Exactly. (laughs) Do it. Classic. Try it. Try it. Watch what happens. You'll feel it. As the old saying goes, she who feels it knows it or he who feels it knows it. That's one of the things that, 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 that attracted me immediately about this. I, I felt the difference when I changed a story about a thing. I watched that. It was, it was Ray Charles could have seen the, the, the shift in this woman's face and, and energy field. If we want to get all woo about it, when she took that one word out, did that to me? No, he did that to himself. It was so obvious. I was, I was, it's just, there's something cool about it too. There's something cool about it. And, I, and 15 years in the game, I haven't quite put my finger on that the cool factor. And you know what? I might not ever. It's an X factor. There's something there's something cool. And for the right people, it just ding, light bulb goes off and they want in. And they want in. They want to know about this stuff. And contained within that story is uh, a projection. Right? How often in a given day we comb through a work problem 
uh, it's their fault or, or, you know, the weather's fault. I mean, go to Dave. Yeah. Go to Dave Goggins social media. If you want to get rid of projections. All right. He's, he's the king of uh, ownership. I mean, even somebody like Jocko, what, what these, these guys are referencing is taking out external assignment of result and meaning in your life. It doesn't have to be a person. It could be, it could be the, the weather. It could be if you're in sales, the market conditions uh, or your genetics. If you're an athlete and you're not achieving at the same level, you know, when, when you remove that, you get the platform to explore deeper meaning behind what you do and, and different avenues uh, for yourself to identify as a different person when you remove that projection. Very well said. Yep. Turn, turn the story in folks, build clarity. Clarity is, it's, it is there to be, it's, it's a thing to build. Uh, get your breathing working. Most people's breathing is just sipping little sips of air in their chest. Get your breath low. Get it slow. Keep it there. Pay a little more attention to your language. What you're saying. Watch when you lose people in in your stories. Okay? That's not a fun thing to pay attention to. Knowledge. When, when people tune out. Okay? Pay attention to that. That's a big deal. Okay? Because, you know, that's it's not a fun question in one sense, and it's a very valuable question in another sense. How much do people enjoy listening to you? How much do you enjoy listening to you? Those are both things that you can improve upon. And, you know, back to storytelling. Tell great stories, folks, because you can. You can learn to tell great, fun, valuable stories and when you do you know all anything that you do will improve you go on a date with someone you know be become an entertainer become an entertaining person okay voltaire said it he said the secret back to the transcriptor (laughs) voltaire was a 18th century french uh, politician he said the secret to being boring is saying everything. Well, God damn it, she said everything that she could think to say and 19 other things that had nothing to do about anything. And I was, I was, I was on the edge of my seat because I knew what was happening. And I'm like, wow, I'm in the midst of a, an Olympic gold medalist transcriptor, which is what we call it in the transcript. That's what we call it in the enlisted vernacular. But uh, yeah, there's, 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 there's a game to be had, folks. There's a game to be played. Start playing. Can you identify a current athlete who, or coach who does this really well? Oh, my God. Chael Sonnen. Chael Sonnen. He's one of the best storytellers alive, and he is a former uh, extremely high-level MMA fighter. He fought for the UFC uh, title on two occasions. He fought for the Bellator title, I believe. Um, he has his own podcast. I listen to him almost every day. He is a master of the mic drop. Okay. And man, he tells great, fantastic stories. Uh, uh, extremely entertaining. He was the first person 
he considers himself and a lot of people consider himself Conor McGregor's big brother. So the trash talk that Conor McGregor is is known for, Chael, Chael pioneered that. He was the first person to take the, the, the WWE or WWF narrative, the story selling, and bring that into um, mixed martial arts. He's a 10th he's a, a, a degree black belt in, um, in storytelling. Chael, C-H-A-E-L, Sonnen, S-O-N-N-E-N, on YouTube. Just click on, click on a couple of his videos and watch. And watch that mic drop because he nails it at the end of each one. Leaves you, you're just like, give me the next one. Give me the next one. Uncle Chael. I think it's that that certitude in the mm-hmm. way that he speaks and, and the way that we'll say, you know, Connor 2016 and, mm-hmm. and before. That's what got under people's skin. Not what they were saying. It was how certain they were when they were saying it. Definitive speech. That person can't be that confident. Oh, yeah, they can. And we, we look at it and we we think, yeah, I'm, I'm really glad we're, we're, we've come to this part in the conversation because we, we look at it. It's like we, we simply – I remember when I first started to watch these guys talk, I thought they must have been touched by the divine, right? They were, they were mm. touched by the hand of God like they had been gifted this confidence. It was just natural. This is a really practical way to cultivate it. And it's way more fun that way because then when you roll the tape on yourself, retroactive, six months, a year into doing it, and you look at who you used to be, you're like, boy, this is fun. I could keep doing this and see what happens. I could fuck around and find out in 10 years who I might be. Fuck around and find out. Exactly. You go watch me in the Cosmic Giggle on YouTube. Uh, It's a a documentary. And I am – there's some really strange people in that documentary talking about consciousness and metaphysics and stuff that's way over my head. And I'm, I'm in there barking about the only thing I talk about, which is language. You know, fine. I was strung out after four days of partying in the Costa Rican jungle at a, at a thing called the Envision Fest. And my storytelling is just, it's rough. It's raw and, and, and pretty monotone pretty monotone. And then, then I look at myself in core language upgrade and I'm like better. And then I look at myself at, uh, uh, on the TEDx talk and I'm like a lot better. And then the way the enlifted athlete, it's a, this online course that in core language, I'm like, yeah, I'm comfortable. And we're about to reshoot core language upgrade. We'll do that. we we're going to shoot another online course towards the end of the year. You want to get over yourself, folks. That's why you need to watch tape. That's why you need to put yourself out there and suck. Okay? You're not going to like it. One of my buddies, he uh, he wanted to do a podcast back in 2009. You've heard this story. And uh, he wanted to do it over Chinese tea. His wife was Chinese, specializing in international import-export. He bought big barrels of fucking tea and all the tea accoutrements and all the stuff. And and, and think about that. Podcasting in 2009, what was that? I don't even think Rogan was doing it then. And he was going to 
do the podcast while we're drinking tea at his in his garage and then sell his tea at the end. I'm like, dude, that's a great idea. I'll be your first first guest. He does three and then he stops because he didn't like the sound of his own voice. He didn't get over himself. And there's parts of us that we got to get over. You got to get over. And one of the fastest ways to do that is is to put yourself out there and then, you know, review your work. You're going to hate it the first few times. So what? What are you going to do? Quit? Stop? You want that story? That's that's what's really scary. Quitting. It's not failing. It's 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 quitting. Mark, I've enjoyed every second of it. Likewise, buddy. Thankful you've joined us. Uh, the calls to action for the audience are well built into this. So please heed, heed Mark's advice. Um, we'll, we'll link to his TED Talk in the podcast description. Ladies and gentlemen, we hope you enjoyed hearing Mark here today on the Mentality Monsters podcast as much as we liked having him on. I hope you'll continue to tune in. Cop, fed you. Thank you for having me on, everybody. Thank you for listening. Appreciate your time and your consideration. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the show. That was Mark England. Very engaging conversation with a couple of key calls to action and practical things that you can do to rapidly improve your day-to-day. Please like, subscribe, leave a comment, and most importantly, share with a friend. We appreciate you listening. Until next time.